0: We welcome you to a new episode of True Wisdom, where Andrew and I talk about God's Word and the impact that it can have and should have on our lives. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. And welcome, guests. Um, so, Andrew, what can we get from the Bible daily?
1: Ah, uh, what can we get from the Bible daily? We can get comfort, right? That's one of the things the Bible mentions that through patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. That's what Romans fifteen four 4 says. Um, learning, and that's also from that same passage. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So, there's a lot of stuff that you can get there. Learning, patience, comfort, and hope are derived from the scriptures, which takes us, we're going to speak about learning, takes us to our theme verse, Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. It says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9, and
0: 10. Amen, amen. So... Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk to others about your word, to really discuss it amongst ourselves and learn something even as we share. Uh, Guide our conversation. Help it to have a meaningful impact on someone's life. Amen. Amen. So what's in store for us today? A lot. A lot,
1: in fact. Um, We're going to call this, we're going to entitle this, Powerful parable.
0: Powerful parable, okay. Powerful
1: parable. Yeah. There are a few parables that Jesus gives that have double there's there's more than one parable packed into a parable, right? You remember the parable about the um the wedding garment? So you have you have this whole parable where people are invited to the wedding, um a group doesn't go for it. And they, um, and then they're, they're destroyed and a new group is offered and they go into the highways and the hedges and they get people to come. And then when they, when you, you know, when you figure that that's the whole parable in the wedding garment, in the wedding uh, reception, there's somebody there wearing their own garment. So you get this mini parable inside the Mm -hmm. end of a, Mm -hmm. a bigger parable. Okay. That's not the only parable like that. And um, that's not the only parable like that. So there's another one. We're going to focus on it. It's, in, it's found in Luke chapter 19 and uh, verses 11 through 27.
0: Luke 19?
1: 19, 19 mm-hmm, starting at verse 11. But before you start, before you start, I want to bring up another point about parables um, that I've been, been going through parables lately and I realize that there's a second reason why Christ used parables we have a tendency to think that the kingdom of God is a very specific way that's narrow <clears throat> Excuse me. and Christ would constantly say the kingdom of heaven is like this the kingdom of heaven is like this the kingdom of heaven is like this because God's kingdom is broad it has many facets it's complex it's rich and there are things that we would otherwise think are opposite or conflicting that comprise the kingdom of God and he has to he has to get us to understand but there are certain things about the kingdom of God that are um, more nuanced than we expect. Let me give you an example. I was having a discussion with someone and they mentioned that um, that right now, today, as we live awaiting the second coming, that Christ is the prince of this world. And I was like, mm, that's not what the Bible says the devil is still the prince of this world. and mm. like, but, but how if Christ defeated him? I said, but look at the language that Christ used. It says, um, prince of this world is cast down. Right? Who do he identify as the prince of the world? Satan. He says the prince of this world is cast down, but he doesn't indicate that he has taken over yet.
0: Right. That's what the third coming is for.
1: Well, yeah, well, sort of, because a certain thing happens at the second coming, and a certain thing happens at the third coming. Right? Christ is, he experiences a coronation at the second coming, and a coronation at the third coming. Right? And We've done a parable, we've done a parable, we've done a podcast on this previously, where it shows in Matthew 25 that Christ takes up his kingly authority at that time, at the second coming. Mm. So if he hasn't taken the kingly authority yet, then the prince of this world may be injured, damaged, maybe on a short leash. You can name any number of things, but there's still an interim period. And I, I get into this discussion with people all the time when they say Christ did everything at the cross. And I say, okay, great, why are we still here then? And they don't have an answer. And I'm like, if everything is finished, then only negligence would keep them from being here now. Mm. No other reason to do it. Okay. Okay. Look at the reason. Look at verse 11. Read verse 11 and look at the reason why Christ is the parable. We don't always get this at the beginning of parables, but here's why we get it in this case.
0: Right. Okay, this is Luke 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear.
1: Okay, what do you understand by that?
0: Well, they were expecting, they were on their way to Jerusalem, uh-huh. and the people were thinking, all right, it's time. He's going to take over right now. He's They're ready. Uh-huh. We're, we're ready to be... To, to, to kick the Romans out, kick out all the Pharisees who treated us terribly, and the kingdom of God is going to appear.
1: Mm-hmm. What is, tw- what is 12's answer? I mean, Jesus sometimes Jesus gives the punchline at the end, and sometimes he just gives the punchline right from the beginning. What does verse 12 say?
0: He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Okay.
1: Okay. Applying this to Christ instantly. We know this parable is about Christ. We're not giving away anything special by saying that. Applying this to Christ directly. What does this say? I mean, what has he just told
0: us? That uh, he's going to take the kingdom for himself, but then to go back to heaven. Mm, You sure? Went into a far country to receive for himself Uh a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh And to return. And to? Return. Return where? That would be... Okay, so you're saying if for Christ himself, the far country would have to be earth. The the far country is not... Mm
1: -mm.
0: You think the far country is... Where, Where would the far country be then?
1: In this case, the far country is heaven. Remember, so, okay, so read 12 and 13 together, and then, and then let's finish this, this piece of the discussion.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll read 12 again. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come.
1: Okay, okay. where are his servants.
0: So that, okay, that adds a different connotation to it, right. So mm-hmm. his servants would be on earth. Once again, we're saying that the nobleman is Christ himself. His servants would be on mm-hmm. earth. The, mm-hmm. the difficulty I have with that translation is just that this would mean that he started out on earth and then went to the far, and then the far country would be heaven, as opposed to physically what's happened mm-hmm. is he was in heaven and came to earth. So that's where I have true, the, the screw. But
1: remember, he's a nobleman. He's a nobleman who's going to return to where his folks are. So he is a nobleman someplace. The, the interesting thing, and we have to do a podcast on this, it's, it's really important because as I've been dealing with the whole Godhead thing over the past six or so months, I recognize that there's something about the ministry of Christ. And we have overlooked, even though it's been staring us in the face the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like you, I'm going to do this, hey, you'll have to come when we do it, <laughs> because I'm not giving any more away than that. But there's something that's been staring us in the face the whole time. Let's remember, do we, we, this, Christ is the Son of God. We accept that. Christ is the Son of God. But I think it's important for us to understand that Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, exists. After incarnation, okay. I'm not destroying any theology. We've done plenty of of podcasts on this already, so I'm not I'm not calling Jesus a created being in the sense that we would typically understand it. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is the incarnate Son of God who comes on this earth to save us from our sins and etc and so on. Prior to him coming here, he's not called Jesus Christ. Let's be reasonable. He's Michael the Archangel, he's the Son of God, he's the Angel of the, of the Lord, he's the Angel of the Covenant, he's got a lot of names. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, but he's not Jesus Christ until he's born. Okay, a certain nobleman is Jesus Christ. If you understand what I'm getting at, then you understand that the place where he's the nobleman is here. Hmm. And he's going to receive a kingdom. Is going to get something that he didn't have when he was born here.
0: Okay. Okay. So verse 14. But his Mm -hmm. citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. Uh, That sounds exact. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, Then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much each man had gained by trading. Mm -hmm. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that which thou layest not down, and reapest that which thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine mouth I will judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man. Taking up that which I laid not down and reaping that which I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest thou not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own using usury with usury?
1: Okay, pause. Let's stop there for a second. What are the two things you see about this parable that differ from other parables of talent?
0: Well, one is uh, they don't mention talents. They mention money, and then the reward is exact, 10 cities. They get to control 10 cities, then five cities. Um, The other is how he, let's see, how he saved up. Well, I mean, burying or keeping in a napkin is ultimately the same, just did (laughs) nothing with it. Right. Um,
1: Notice that everyone gets the same amount here
0: Oh, that's true That's true, everyone Yeah, I didn't remember that Everyone got
1: the In this parable, there are ten, 10. servants All getting an equal amount It doesn't say that they are ten servants Right? It doesn't say that they are ten servants It says he called his servants to him No, it does oh, no, say it ten does. servants, it does. it yes I'm sorry, In thirteen it says ten servants yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so ten servants Ten pounds One each, right? So you might feel some way about the other place where why did that guy get five and that guy get two? Yes, Christ is saying, listen, if 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 you want to have sympathy on the guy who only had one and that's why he hit it, there are scenarios where you're going to get equal to somebody else and still going to hide it. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with how much you were given. Okay. Another principle that I like in this. Christ teaches us things. In the Bible, when we're studying, we should always, we always, try, we, we always try here to apply this information that we get to our daily lives. But It needs to be to every facet of our lives, individually and in general. Here, notice that this is made more pronounced here. The Christ argues what the man should have done from the man's perspective of Christ. Christ didn't say, hey, I'm not really an austere man, like you misjudged me. Christ said, since that's what you think, you should have logically behaved differently than you have behaved. If you believe that I was the kind of person who expects a reward when I didn't even plant something, then why wouldn't you give me a reward when I did plant something?
0: It's... That's part I've always struggled with because we do we do look at parables as, uh, he always says the kingdom of heaven is like or the the son of mm-hmm. man is like. It, it, he, he says specifically what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. um, the, let's see here. So what... 22. What, yeah i'm I'm just thinking through the idea that he says thou knewest I was an austere man and i, I take your interpretation um that no but look
1: at look at look at twenty two
0: yes out of I thine mean, own mount, of i will judge thee yes
1: right yes. based on your based on what you think i am i'm gonna judge you based on what you think I am he's right. not accepting that he's behaved that way right. so he's saying okay fine that's the impression you have of me okay but if that was the impression why didn't you behave in the following way if you thought for sure that i was going to expect the reward when i haven't done any work i've just given you some money why didn't you at least put it in the bank and come back with feeble interest
0: yeah and um it's it's just it's interesting the thought process even for verse 14 where the citizens Mm. hated him and they won't... I mean, why did he add that? That is so out of place to the rest. It's never even mentioned in the rest of the... uh, But we aren't finished. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes, I see it. We are are finished. Yep. yep, 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 yep. We are finished. Yep.
1: Okay. All right. Um, So verse 24.
0: And he said unto mm-hmm. them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said mm-hmm. unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. Because,
1: what does mm-hmm. verse what, what twenty-five
0: mean? Uh, he's already got ten pounds, why do we have to give him more? Why, uh-huh. why are we giving him more? Well, I mean, honestly, uh-huh. that's a silly question. He took one and turned it into ten if now the Lord gives him 11, what's he going to turn that into? <clears throat> the man already showed the ability to to produce tenfold with what he was given. So give mm-hmm. him more.
1: <laughs> hmm I mean, let's be honest. It, let, let's be honest. God is shown here as running a business. Yeah. The, the most unproductive, the most unproductive um, guy on your team who by the way was negligent not just oh i struggled to get the two talents which would be fine because nobody gets in trouble in the parable the guy that had five got another five the guy that had two got another two if the guy that had one got another one god wouldn't have been like you slacker mm. right so because because remember in the kingdom of god we're not compared with other people we're compared with our own potential that god has given us hmm That's that's all God does. He doesn't say, how come you didn't get five like that guy? He says, I gave you one. How come you didn't get another one? Gave you two, and you got two more. I gave you five. You got five more. I gave you one. Why didn't you get one more? Why didn't you get some more? Because God is suggesting in both of these parables, Christ suggests that he would have accepted interest. I I would have accepted fractions more. If you had gotten me to one and a quarter by just putting it in the bank, yeah, yeah. I could have just made twenty percent on it from usury, right? So everyone around is like, "Oh, why more?" Because God is saying, I've, "I'm running. I'm teaching you guys stewardship. I'm I'm running a kingdom, and this brother here has shown the ability to advance the kingdom." And so I'm going to give him the, the, you know, that's a reward for what he's done.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Um, and the next verse says that, verse oh. 26. For I say unto uh-huh. you, that unto everyone which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. Um and it hath not I believe is referring to what they're producing, what they're you're Correct. given something right. when you come back we we're not gonna start counting from what I gave you we're gonna count from what you produced with what I gave you, right so if I give you one and you come back with ten yes you've 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 developed nine for me, but that's nine that's you now have ten more than the one I gave you, so you can get more, because you will do more with what I've given you. Mm -hmm. As And as opposed to the other one, which has nothing, from him that hath not, I gave Mm -hmm. you one, you come back with one, let's subtract what I gave you. Oh, why, look, you have zero. You're not going to be getting Mm -hmm. any more.
1: (laughs) No. Especially since you knew. You knew. It's not like you thought, oh, I thought you were easygoing and it wouldn't bug you. No. You thought, that I was ruthless and efficient, and yet you did nothing. Like seriously. If that's what if that's the standard you have of me, which by the way is a poor standard, because I'm loving and merciful in kind, but if you really felt that I was that much of a stickler for making progress, and you deliberately did not make progress, what then?
0: Hmm. Yes, now indeed. 20 Verse twenty seven but those mine enemies which would not that i should reign over them bring hither and slay them before me and when he had thus spoken oh, oh you're going to oh, say oh you can, so? do, you can do plenty. and when oh, he had no, thus spoken he went before ascending up to jerusalem
1: okay cuz remember this is the last week before his uh, crucifixion
0: Yeah, and it just happened to coincide with what they expected Jesus to actually do.
1: Yes, which is why he had to slow them down. So It tells us here that the reason for the parable is because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And here he's telling you it's not going to immediately appear because when I do this stuff, I've got to go away to a far country and receive a kingdom and then return. Remember that John 14, What what's the nature of the language? If I go, I will come again.
0: hmm hmm Okay.
1: So he calls his servants, 10 of them. In this case, he, he only has 10 servants. He called his 10 servants delivered them 10 pounds. His citizens hated him, so he has this group Divided in the parable, there's a group divided. There's a group of people that are his direct servants, they've already accepted the servitude of Christ. And then there are citizens, there are other people that he has influence over, but some of them don't hate him. I mean, some of them don't like him. They, in fact, they hate him and they send a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over after him. This means In verse 13, when he says, Occupy till I come, that he has left. And the citizens who are behind, in verse 14, send a message to him saying, We're not going to have this guy reigning over us. And then 15, when he comes back, having received the kingdom, he he deals with the reward of his servants, then moves on to the rest of the the people who. Although they ca- are called citizens in fourteen, they're called enemies. He calls them enemies in
0: twenty-seven. Mm. Well, they by their actions, they're enemies. I mean, they specifically said, mm-hmm. "We don't want him to reign over them." I don't know of too many leaders of a community of the people like ah, I don't want you to have anything to do with me. They're calling them friends.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. Or even citizens,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Being, in all honesty.
1: If if, you're, if you are the if you're opposed to a government citizen is not the thing they're likely to revert you as.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So you see, this parable deals with two separate things. It deals with his interaction with the people that are left in the place where he operates as a nobleman, and it deals with the servants of his household and how they deal. With the talent that he has the you know, in this case, its actual outright cash, um, with the money that he has left for them.:
0: All right. Are those your final words?
1: Um, I think that when, when we read the scriptures, this is, this is how I'd like to kind of close this out. We need to understand that the kingdom of heaven is very nuanced. It's very broad. It's very, um, I'll say, complex. And, and so each of these parables is intended to give us a different perspective of the kingdom of heaven. So we have to understand that sometimes when you see things that look like they're competing against one another, they are additive. Okay, They are additive. There are many ways in which the kingdom of heaven is about love, joy, and peace, but verse 27 happens too, because there are enemies of the kingdom of God, and ultimately those enemies will meet an end, because everyone in the kingdom of God is going to be supportive of the kingdom, and those who are not supportive of the kingdom will be removed from the kingdom.
0: Or not allowed to go in. Um, So... Uh, quickly on that topic, it's interesting that it's, it, it says specifically something that sounds gruesome, bring them before me and kill them. Uh, it sounds mm-hmm. more gruesome than in essence it will be because it doesn't sound like Jesus saying, I want all to be saved. But we have to realize that wanting all to be saved, we still have a choice. He wants us all yeah. to be saved, but he is not taking that choice away from us. And if we choose not nope. to go with him, we choose to stay in a place that will be destroyed. If you choose mm-hmm. to stay in a place that will be destroyed, you cannot be angry that you end up being destroyed as well. It's it's that mm-hmm. belief that I want to choose my own path and do my own thing. You're not going to rule over me, but you better save me because you have the power it to still save me. a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, still need a good outcome. That's where you lose. That's where you lose me. <laughs> well, it, here's the thing: we're not
1: going to address it here because we sort of addressed it in one of our earlier um, podcasts, when we talked about the Bride of Christ. But the phrase "went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom" the, the, that phrase "receive for himself a kingdom" is the investigative judgment. The kingdom is is received when all of the people during the probationary period who wants to be with Christ are shown to be with Christ. And then once that's solved, then the kingdom of God is made up. Mm. And then he comes back, right? That's why revelation 22 tells us, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Uh. Yeah,
0: this parable That's covers a lot. Yeah.
1: But it's, but it's yeah. very important because it proves certain things that for all Christ accomplished on earth, he still had to go somewhere to get something before he comes back.
0: Right. All right. Can you pray us out then? Absolutely.
1: Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this short but powerful parable that you presented us here. It gives us an indication that the kingdom of God is here in a certain sense. We now have the opportunity to experience the kingdom of God, but its fulfillment, ultimate fulfillment, is yet to come. Because as we see here, there is the kingdom of God that must be um, that Christ must receive the kingdom before he returns. So we pray, Lord, that you'll help us as we study your word, that we will be open to the richness of each of these parables and each of these uh, different um, doctrines that are presented to us that we will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he seeks to instruct us. Help us to share with others and help us to recognize it even when we know something. We don't really know it. We have to keep growing and growing in it. Please bless us, Lord. Help us to be ready for your sedentary to do this same. Amen.
0: Amen. We thank you for listening, and if you have questions about this or any of our previous podcasts, which can be found at truewisdom.buzzsprout.com, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us at truewisdom at spaceage-llc.com or on Twitter, truewisdom underscore, at truewisdom underscore pod. Well, we look forward to hearing from you, um, you can also get more information by reaching out to Andrew on, or listening to his podcasts, which can
1: be found at com. It's rightly divide the word of truth. Um, and actually, if you look at some of the description of podcasts on True Wisdom, they link over there. We reference podcasts on each. We we reference different. Uh, messages in each other's podcasts because there's a connection there and sometimes we go down different paths all to help you to understand and appreciate the word of god
0: all right thank you for listening and we pray you will be blessed